0: today's episode of the gold cast is sponsored by all of the great feedback we received from last week's first ever gold dive edition wasn't the feedback great right
1: it was it was nice to get all the it was nice to hear all the positive stuff and all the areas of improvement and also ideas for uh future episodes
0: absolutely a lot of good ideas for future episodes and we can tell you this we don't want to we don't want to tell you ahead of time for now for the time being we want to keep you in suspense for the next uh, 3 weeks before we do our next gold dive edition but all i can say is we've read all the suggestions and we will give you this if it's a suggestion on your mind it's probably on our mind too so that just gives you a little hint of things to come that's all we're going to say all right ray now before we before we get started with this week's episode, why don't you let them know where they can find us?
1: You can like us at facebook.com slash thegoldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at underscore or the underscore goldcast, and you can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher all under the same name, no underscore, The Goldcast.
0: You're going to get it right one of these days. You will. Yes.
1: (laughs) That one always throws me off. Yeah. I'm so used to the previous one. We've had two accounts on that front. yeah. Yeah.
0: So here we go. This is going to be a Combine centric 49ers episode. Obviously, the Combine was huge. It's still going on day four. But we have a lot to talk about. So let's get into it. This is our Combine special episode but of course before we get started you know what time it is it's time for the greatest podcast intro in the game let's get busy
1: san francisco are you ready ready?
0: this is the gold boom Welcome to another edition of the GoldCast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host.
1: Raymond Solis I, baby.
0: Boom. Well, Raymond, some very interesting developments coming out of the Combine. I would say that I feel like right after the Combine is when things get the most muddy. Right, leading into the draft. Before the draft, it looks pretty clear-cut where teams are going to go, at least where they think they're going to go. They're going to go towards, at least as far as they're going to go towards a certain position. They're looking at a couple key players. And then the combine happens, and then people's draft boards just go haywire. All of a sudden, a... How fast someone runs to forty makes them a shoe in to to be on this team now, and interviews and what's coming out of the interviews starts to muddy things, and they go, "Oh well, you know, the, it looks like this team really wants this, or this, that team really wants that," and so this is really probably the most muddy it's gonna be, and so we're gonna we're gonna try to clear the air here. So let's start with the first topic, and it doesn't even have to do with us; it has to do with the our rivals. The Arizona Cardinals. So the Arizona Cardinals now. The rumor is that they're going to be taking Kyler Murray at at the first pick of the draft, a quarterback. Kyler Murray. They're you know they're saying you know his size was a big issue and it was a really huge issue and it looks like he has checked off all the boxes on his size. Okay, great. They're you know they're talking hints of Russell Wilson. So now he's going to go. They're saying he's going to go possibly first, which is great. This is. The best possible news for the 49ers because now we have an opportunity to either grab Nick Bosa or Josh Allen. But the question is, is, who do we pick? So let's talk about this, Ray. I want you to get into this first. Let's go with who do you think makes the most sense between Nick Bosa and Josh Allen?
1: Well, it's hard because they both bring a lot of need to the team. You know, first of all, they're both very good pass rushers. They both have... They're both similar in size. You know, I believe um, Nick Bosa is 6'3", Josh Allen's 6'4", Nick Bosa's 266, Josh Allen's 262, slightly leaner by 4 pounds. So they're already pretty close. I mean, they could probably I wouldn't be surprised if they got bigger, but they're but they're NFL ready. A lot of times if you're going to if guys are like 250 or something like that, they got to put on 15 20 pounds um to be ready for NFL speed, NFL size requirements to, you know, go up against all pro, you know, professional offensive linemen 300 pound guys of mostly muscle that are going to be moving you around like like it's nothing. So these guys already fit the size. They are, they have really good, their numbers at the combine were pretty good. Uh, Josh Allen's a little bit faster and, you know, and that obviously makes more sense because he's in more coverage packages. He comes from a 34 defensive scheme, which does require linebackers to drop into coverage a lot more often than a 4-3 um linebacker which is more or less what Nick Bosa is more of a defensive lineman edge rusher and so Nick Bosa is more of a pure pass rush specialist versus Josh Allen who's kind of a little bit multivaried in that he's got speed to drop into coverage so he's more of a to me Josh Allen kind of fits more like of a Patrick Willis type of profile where Patrick Willis kind of did a little bit of everything but Patrick Willis was not a a pass rushing guy he was a a run stopping guy he was blitzed at times but that's not necessarily the way that we used him in that scheme same thing uh with navarro bowman but those are inside linebackers to be honest um which is different from from the outside linebacker position so but josh i mean nick bosa however comes from the 43 defense so his meaning he's very used to having his hand in the dirt in a three-point stance on the edge which is what a lot of our players do currently in our scheme, regardless of whether it's a nickel package or not. And so I think that would be obviously makes a lot of sense because it's a nat more natural transition for Nick Bosa. I mean, I think he would do very well in transitioning to that scheme. And I know that we would pretty much want him to do exactly what Alton Smith did for us which is like sit there on the edge and get to the goddamn quarterback because nobody else seems to be able to do it outside of DeForest Buckner so with these with one on the edge and DeForest Buckner on the interior I think it just really opens up it really opens up the opportunity for all of the other role players like uh, Eric Armstead who finally you know played an entire full season and is now going to play on his fifth year option is going to be in a contract year to really kind of build on his on this past season of of success success relative to him i mean he didn't necessarily light up the stat sheet in terms of sacks but he was still very productive against the run he was he was still very productive and and applying pressure when we needed it he just didn't necessarily put up didn't make the pro bowl you know didn't didn't have a forrest buckner deforest buckner type year with 12 sacks so deforest buckner was outstanding and so I think Nick Bosa is starting to make a little bit more sense as now we're kind of diving deeper into the intangibles and the specifics of these each, each of these players. I still like Josh Allen a little bit because he's more versatile, and I like I feel like that versatility kind of adds a little bit more depth to your to your stock investment like you know if if you're looking for more bang for dollar josh allen kind of has a little bit more but if you are looking for someone to just purely pass rush nick bosa is not a terrible pick at all if if nick bosa is available and both these guys i feel like no matter who they like for me like at the end of the day at the draft day if it's either allen or bosa i feel like i'm going to be happy either way i'm like all right well you couldn't go wrong with either pick you know on paper so i'm okay with either one that they pick i mean it'd be awesome we could get both but that's obviously an impossibility but from where i'm standing now nick bosa makes the most sense in terms of transition because his defense uh matches up with ours josh allen would be there'd be a little bit of a curve because he'd be getting more into defensive end type of pass rush situation versus outside linebacker two-point stance position not to say that we don't have players on the edge in two-point stance we do we do, just not at the same frequency that a 34 defense would have him play um, in R43. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not sure what, uh, how you feel about these guys, but um, I feel like either one. I
0: feel like either one. I am nervous about the defensive scheme because, you know, it sounds simple, but we've seen this before, right? We've seen this before where the 49ers draft a player that is comes from a different scheme and they struggle. And they struggle in the, in that first year to adapt. We've seen this before. And and we're going to talk about this towards the end of the podcast uh, a little bit later. But there, I think there's a lot of pressure on the 49ers to get this right this year. There's a lot of pressure. No one's head, heads aren't going to roll. We're not there yet. But this is a pivotal year. And we discussed this on, on previous episodes of the Goldcast. This is a pivotal year. And the 49ers have to get this right. They have to. There's just no way around it, right? This is where we are. This, this season has to be at least 8-8, eight and eight, right? At least. I mean, we've got to get to 500. Uh, it'd be great if we could get to at least a wild card spot, but we cannot have another 5, 4, or 3 win season. This kid just cannot stand. There's actually too much talent. There's too many smart people running this team for this to happen again. So, I don't know what the safest bet is. I don't know who the safest bet is right here, but my money feels like it's pro- maybe we go with the safer bet, which is Nick Bosa because he comes from the same scheme and and that's and maybe it's as simple as that I'm with you. I agree that no matter who we pick at the end, I will be happy with whichever pick they choose so there it is,
1: yeah, and then there's there's also a couple of surprise ones that stood out to me Brian burns. Stood out to me. This is a guy 6'4, 250, a little bit on the smaller size, not NFL size ready, but he ran a 4'5 at the 40 yard dash. That's really fast. It's a fast linebacker you've got there. Um, you got uh, Montez Sweat, who made it out of Mississippi. That guy had a 4'4 40 yard dash uh, for defensive linemen, which is ridiculous. This guy's got crazy speed. He's 6'5, 260, so he's already there. He's already at the ideal starting weight. You know, Brian Burns looked good, but, you know, I feel like he he's doesn't, doesn't quite have the weight. He obviously would achieve the weight from now to now because the NFL just has the most amazing, you know, conditioning programs on every team. So he would make, he would get there pretty close, you know. But when, when, when we have picks like Solomon Thomas struggling, who we drafted specifically to do this job and it's not working out, and now we have to spend another draft pick trying to get it right. You know, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's just kind of how it goes. A draft is very much a crapshoot. Uh, you're not guaranteed instant productivity from your first-round picks. Look at Eric Armstead. Look at Solomon Thomas. Look at these guys. So, and, and the list goes on, and it's not us. It's every NFL team. But those are two additional players that I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Montez Sweat, that's pretty impressive. A 4-4 as a defensive lineman, that's, that's really fast. I mean, t- for comparison, Nick Boswell is 4-7. So I know it's tenths of a second, but in the NFL, that's a huge, huge difference. Um, I'm not sure if if all of our listeners understand that. Um, you know, a couple tenths of a second in a game that is very much a game of inches does make a incredible difference. That's that's a difference between tipping a ball and just missing a ball, just missing a tip football. You know, as a defensive lineman, that that's what that means. So. That and, and stuff like that, you know, on third down is pivotal. So those are two ones that stood out to me as well. The No one else out, really outside of that. But yeah, I think uh, this is a really big year for the Niners to get it right. Just because uh, I think they've gotten, I think nobody's, I haven't seen a lot of negative criticism from the press on the 49ers because everyone seems like, no, this has kind of just been really odd, bad luck seasons in terms of injuries. Like they've had any almost like 40 guys over the last two seasons, that have been injured, that's That's you know, way more than, than three, that's three quarters of of a, of a roster, a 52-man roster. So that's huge. Um, really hard to be competitive when you have that many guys on IIR going down. So I think statistically, historically, the odds are in our favor to not do something like this again. You know, and the 49ers have actually not necessarily just are not leaning on on that. Um, they're they're obviously taking steps and hiring new conditioning staff getting the nhl guy over here to make things right and now they're doing their due diligence at the combine they're even taking the combine approach differently this season than they have the previous two years so there's some there's some nuance there as well as, as you know the 49ers are the the front office lynch and company are really taking this third the impression from an outsider looking in is that they're taking this third season very, very seriously because I feel like if anyone understands the pressure that's on themselves to get it right this season, it's the front office and the coaching staff, of
0: course. Completely agreed 100%. The 49ers, the urgency to get this correct really feels prevalent, and it feels like the, they understand that. And there's I, I never get the impression that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are in any way— not trying to step up to the plate and hit the ball as far as they can on every single decision that they make. So this is, and that's great. That's great. That's what I love. That's what I want to see. I feel like that's what Jed York wants to see. And so this, it is pivotal, and I I appreciate what they're doing. So let's take take another turn now. So the darling uh, of Saturday morning, DK Metcalf, the wide receiver, he... He he had mixed results. Saturday morning was good. Saturday afternoon was not. And now we're in a position, I, I heard this a lot, and this has come out of the combine a lot after this weekend, that the 49ers are looking for a wide receiver, and they want a wide receiver. And so we had people even asking us online, asking you and me, hey, does this mean that DK Metcalf is going to go to the 49ers first in the draft? And I want to hear your opinion, but I want to give my opinion on this. Uh, here on the gold cast. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think, I don't know, I don't know what a wide receiver would have to do to replace the urgency of a pass rusher. Now, we've talked about this before. Let's go back to the old adage, right? Defense wins championships. Okay. This is, this isn't an opinion. This is a statistical fact. And last year, if you look at last year, last year with all the offensive revolution and the and the rule changes you could barely touch the quarterback and you just saw numbers that we had just never seen before in the NFL offensively and what happened by week 12 on what happened offenses started to go down defenses started to go up and then you get to the Super Bowl and you have a Super Bowl score that looks like it could have come out of right out of 1971 Right, it looks like it could have been that score. Looks like it have been forty years ago. That it went down to defense. Defense still wins championships. Defense still wins playoffs. Defense gets you through the second half of the season. And if you, because what happens is these offensive guys they get run down, they start getting tired, they get banged up from getting tackled all the time, and that's when your defense comes into play. And I still believe. I just don't see a world. We're a wide receiver. This is why we haven't given up our picks for Antonio Brown. This is why we haven't given up picks for OBJ yet. Because if it was that— We haven't
1: even been paying attention to Antonio Brown, according to reports. According to reports, 49ers have not shown any interest, have not even reached out to Pittsburgh.
0: We didn't reach out. No, we didn't reach out. In fact, of of the five teams that reportedly reached out to Pittsburgh for Antonio Brown, the 49ers were not one of those teams. So there you go. So I just don't see a world where a college draft pick at wide receiver, at the wide receiver position is going to surpass our need for a pass rusher. Because if that were the case, then we, why not just trade the first round pick and go get OBJ, right? Or go get Antonio Brown? I mean, why bank on a college kid when you can just we could just trade that pick away and get one of the two top wide receivers in the league right now, who's who's not who's not you know uh, uh starter ready who is a starter who's a pro bowler you know why not just do that
1: and, and the and the giants are not even in a, in a position to deal o b j considering that manning is on his way out the door very soon, and they're reported to be drafting one of these quarterbacks at the draft, so why would you give up your best tool to help a young quarterback transition you know and then draft a brand new quarterback, or or give him up, and then draft a quarterback. Then it's like, all right, now you're really going to start at the bottom, because now this kid doesn't have one of the top two wide receivers in the NFL to work with to help him see some early success in transitioning at the hardest position to transition to. So to me, the Giants doesn't even make the, Antonio Brown makes sense because it's been it's been it's all public, it's all transparent now. Giants have been very quiet about OBJ. They're, I I think the idea is they want to keep him. Although, I wouldn't be surprised if they at least listened to offers, because if something obviously enticing came about, you know, if it was too good to refuse, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Giants fumble that and just give up OBJ. But, if you know, thinking practically, if, if they truly are going to draft a quarterback, it doesn't make any sense to deal OBJ. Although, I would be perfectly happy if the Niners were able to get uh, that player. He's younger, he's got more upside potential than AB, who's in his 30s, who's going to be hitting, the, you know, the, the, the latter half of his career although he's still playing at a very high level currently so i don't expect a huge significant drop off in this coming year it's going to be you know very methodical um, and he's you know this is somebody who's most likely going to go to the hall of fame if he keeps it up so and and obj is you know still super super young but anyways i don't think either of these guys are going to wear a 49ers uniform i don't think 49ers even playing possum with the antonio brown situation i think it's just like you know what as much as we'd like to get a player like antonio brown We just don't have the draft stock to really deal it, you know, and and if it's going to cost their second round pick, we're not in a position to do that. We just aren't. The only way that they're going to trade that pick is if it's similar to last season, where last season they just moved up uh, uh, like a, a one spot with Chicago and still got the guy they wanted. So if they can get a bunch of draft picks back, trade with another team who clearly, you know, like Kyle Shanahan said to John Lynch during that trade, you know, that's not, they're not trading up for a defensive player. That's a quarterback maneuver. So when a team moves up like that, it's typically for you know a, a, a quarterback. So you know I would be surprised if something like that presents itself that the Niners would take it, knowing that the position they would be falling back towards would still land in the player that they want. So that's the only reason I. It's the only way I see them giving up that second round pick. Other than that, I feel like we have to spend it on a pass rusher.
0: I agree. We have to. I just don't see a more pressing need for the 49ers right now than a pass rusher. And we have a draft that is loaded with pass rushers. And we have the second pick. And it looks like Arizona is Michael quarterback. So we literally could pick anybody on the field. All I hope is that the 49ers don't get cute. Go with Bosa or Josh Allen and just call it. You know, just don't get cute. This is is very similar to like an NFL fantasy draft, right? You don't get cute. Just take the next best player up. Don't get cute. Don't start getting slick and getting try, trying to go, well, I'm going to grab this this guy from here. This guy just grab the best player available at the position of need for your team. That's all you got to do. Don't overthink this thing. Let's hope they do that. All right. So, final conversation of the evening. The 49ers have had really tough interviews. This is the word coming out of the combine that the 49ers have been very tough on all the players that they've interviewed, all of the draft prospects, and I think this once again plays into the idea that we've been discussing, right? The 49ers have got to get this right, and I think what they really don't want is another Ruben Foster situation, and this is specifically directly for Ruben Foster. Solomon Thomas... I'm not going to say he's a bust, but he definitely hasn't been what we need him to be. Reuben Foster, I mean, this blew up in their faces. There was a lot of questions about Reuben Foster as far as, you know, the intangibles, a lot of questions about his, his him as a person, about how he would be in terms of, you know, his background. There's just a lot of questions about that side of it. The 49ers had said they did their due diligence, and it blew up in their faces. A year and a half later, Reuben Foster, who was playing fantastic But a year and a half later, we now, he's gone. And there is, I mean, what bigger waste of a first-round pick for the 49ers being in the position that they were in, having won so few games, what bigger waste can there be than to take a draft pick at him that was playing at his level and then have to give him up? So I think this clearly shows these interviews that they're coming out of the combine and all the reports about how tough the 49ers have been, how they've been very critical, of players asking a lot of why's. Why are you doing this? Why are you playing this way? What's happening? Why are you making these decisions? And really putting players to the ringer, I think shows that once again, they've really learned from this Ruben Foster situation. And it again emphasizes what we've been talking about this entire episode. The 49ers have to get this right. Your thoughts.
1: Yeah. And I think when you spend that much time evaluating a player, and then he ends up off your roster within one season. Uh, well, season and a half, give or take, excluding the uh, the the suspension. But um, I think it's a huge blow. You know, even though we got him thirty first. You know, we took we took we took the uh
0: Solomon Thomas.
1: We took Solomon Thomas with the number three overall pick. You know, but he isn't working out either, and he was a higher draft boy, draft choice than Foster. At least he's still on the team, so I mean, there's room for him to improve. Question is, will he? And as far as uh, Foster is concerned, you know, I think now the 49ers, again, I think, I think the the fact that this report is coming out talking about the heavy scrutiny that they're putting into these interviews really kind of is demonstrative of how they really don't want to repeat a Ruben Foster again. So it's like, yeah, we're going to, they're going to challenge all of these kids because that's what they are. These are young kids, you know, in their early 20s. And make sure that the right player not only does he have the right character, but he also has the right physical attributes too. I mean, the physical attributes is obviously a big thing that's going to be showcased. That's what the combine's all about. It's about it's about accentuating a player's physical potential, physical attributes, and how much potential that you know merits his stock worth. You know, heading into the draft. And, but the most important thing that's really even more difficult to measure is a player's character. All these kids are going to be on their best behavior at the Combine. So I feel like you have to be more diligent in, and you have to dig a little bit deeper with whatever these questionings are. We don't know what they are. We've just gotten feedback from the players saying, that, oh, it's tough. They grilled me. They, they, they put me through the ringer. So we don't necessarily know what's being said or done, but we know it's been enough to get enough reaction for there to be a report on it. So that's that's something that's saying something. That's saying that the 49ers are taking this this combine year even more seriously than the previous years, because not only do they have to get it right, but you they not in, a, in a, they're not in a position to screw up another first round draft pick. They really aren't. So they they've, they've got to get this first pick right. All the other picks can suck this year, but if they get a f- First, a bona fide first round draft pick that comes in and makes an instant impact at pass rushing. This is presuming that they pick pass rusher at the pass rushing rusher position edge. Then, you know, that's going to open things up for the rest of the defense because that's where that's where it starts in the line of scrimmage. And if you can stop that, that's going to help the second level and the third level. So the middle linebackers, defensive backs going to help all those guys play better that's how it worked in Vic Fangio's scheme that's how you know they'd like it to work here in this this in this 43 scheme
0: yes all right lots of uh you can feel the pressure I think the fans feel the pressure the intensity you know Shanahan and John Lynch do so let us know your thoughts in the comments where do we go Nick Bosa Josh Allen do we just go wide receiver I don't think we do. Definitely
1: but. not. That'd be, that'd be <laughs> yeah, a terrible decision. Dumb. Gosh, it'd be so, so <laughs> bad. I, if they did that, I would just like sit back in my... It, it's like that to me, it's like watching... It'd be the equivalent of like watching Kyle Williams fumble two punts in an NFC championship <laughs> game. <laughs> oh no. Why did you do that? Why'd, you do that? Why'd you do, Why'd that? you do that? Why'd you
0: do that? Why'd you do that? You're you're done. You're never gonna play again. You're on our team. It's over. <laughs> All right, Raymond. Uh, you know, a little bit of a little bit of an up and down time for the Warriors. I say, why don't we come back to the Warriors next week? What do you say about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, right now they're preparing for the playoffs, which is coming around the corner. So, guys are getting lots of rest. Clay Thompson injured his knee, but he's fine. He's day to day. So, I feel like right now the NBA season is starting to wind down because now the playoffs are really starting to, you know, it's starting to show itself. And that's all the Warriors are going to be doing. So, I expect them to be kind of up and down in terms of wins and losses right now, which is kind of what they're starting to do anyway. So, these games don't matter as much. You know, I think the seedings, I think they're going to do OK in terms of seeding. But right now, I think it's more important to make sure the stars get rest, which is what they're starting to do. There's like a rotation of, of rest time that the Warriors are getting. And that's because playoffs are coming. So, yeah, yeah. Not, not too much happening on that front.
0: No, although that Sixers game on Saturday night was pretty good. That was pretty good. Possible NBA finals preview. It was a good game. Nice, 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 nice win. All right, Raymond. So before we go, why don't you let them know where can they find you?
1: You can follow me on Instagram at RaySolise1 or Twitter at RaySolise.
0: And you can follow me on Instagram at RudySolise3 and Twitter at RudySolise3RD. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother my co-host,
1: Raymond's at least the Lisa first baby.
0: <laughs> Boom! We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time. Same gold cast channel.
1: This is this is the gold cast.